I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform, and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it, and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which, from personal experience, I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often, so stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Hey there, welcome to the first episode of Practical Stoicism. I thought that for our first episode, it would be appropriate to start with perhaps the most broadly known of the Stoics. Not Epictetus, not Zeno, not Seneca, but Aurelius, Marcus Aurelius, a notable Stoic and Rome's emperor from 161 to 180 AD. Marcus is the author of a collection of thoughts that we know today collectively as The Meditations. Almost everyone has heard of him and of the meditations ascribed to him. He is, for whatever reason, perhaps because of his status as a Roman emperor, the best known of the, let's say, brand ambassadors of Stoicism. When you first stumble across Stoicism in the wild, it is very likely that it is Marcus's work that you've happened upon. The best-known concept from meditations is usually paraphrased as some sort of analogy featuring a coffee mug, and it goes something like this. Imagine that you have a favorite coffee mug. Perhaps it was a gift from a very dear friend or from a family member who's no longer with you. You adore this mug, and you drink coffee from it every morning. But one morning, due to some careless fumbling, the mug falls on the floor and shatters into bits. You are absolutely devastated by this. You feel that you've lost something precious, and that loss makes you sad. Stoicism suggests, much like Buddhism, that you feel this sadness because of your attachment to the coffee mug, and that if, instead, you had formed a relationship with the mug with the understanding that you did not truly own it, but that it was instead, in a way, on loan to you, and accepting from the start that it would not be around forever, the sudden loss of the mug would have not felt sad to you, but instead, expected and a reasonable thing. Here's a quote from one of the fathers of Stoicism. His name was Epictetus, and this quote is from a book called the Enchiridion. This is from chapter 11 of that book, and it says, quote, Never say of anything, I have lost it, but I have returned it. Is your child dead? It is returned. Is your wife dead? She is returned. Is your estate taken away? Well, is this not likewise returned? But he who took it away is a bad man. What difference is it to you who the giver assigns to take it back? While the giver gives it to you to possess and take care of, you shouldn't view it as your own, just as travelers do not view a hotel as their own. 
Now, that is a pretty big jump from broken coffee mug to dead child, but the concept, when reduced, is only this. Circumstance has provided something to us. Now, we could alternatively call circumstance fate or the universe or providence or karma or God. It really doesn't matter what we call it, so long as we understand what is meant is that the things which come to us in life, their coming to us in life, is not entirely within our control. There are many, many variables which we do not control and cannot control, which present certain opportunities to us in life and which therefore lead to certain outcomes. But the presence of opportunity is not something we can claim responsibility for. And we can make decisions about what to do with that opportunity, but the opportunity which has shown up, we are not solely responsible for it showing up. That's the main point here. So when we think about our coffee mug or our dog or, yes, even our children, we must understand that part of possessing is losing, that part of possession is loss, and that nothing can be possessed by us or anyone else forever, and that we cannot completely control for how long we are granted possession of whatever we're talking about, be it a coffee mug, a beloved pet, a parent, a partner, or a child. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that we should not love these things. Instead, it means we should love them all the more. And in fact, Stoicism makes this very clear in multiple places and with great frequency. So what we're talking about here is not a lack of compassion, love, or caring for things which we hold dear, but instead an understanding that the date of these things' inevitable loss is not up to us not entirely anyway, and we must prepare our minds to think in this way lest we become less useful as human beings when we lose that which we love. The loss of a child should not prevent you from continuing to be a good person, from finding happiness, from being content in your life, from being helpful to those in your community or your family, or from continuing to be the best version of yourself. But if we do not value what we have while we have it, and we do not prepare our minds for the inevitability of a life without those things, when we lose those things, we are made to be less than we were, and that isn't good for us or for the people in our lives. So instead of thinking like this, circumstances gifted you with a wonderful coffee mug, but it has broken and you have lost it and now you are sad, think of it instead in these terms. Circumstance has gifted you with a wonderful coffee mug, and it has broken, and it has therefore been returned to circumstance, and you are grateful for the time you had with that wonderful coffee mug, and this gratitude outweighs any grief you might feel. Of course, this is hard, and no one, me least of all, is suggesting that losing your child should be a grief-free experience, that you should simply say, I'm grateful, and that makes everything all better, and then move on with your life none of us ever get there because we are human. We're just humans. But the practical application of this tenet of Stoicism has a lot of merit. And that practical application is simply this. Understand that you do not control whether or not you get the things you want, or if you do get them, when you will lose them. With that understanding, when you get something you want, cherish it, appreciate it, do not take it for granted, treat it as if it were going to be lost tomorrow. And while you're doing this, prepare yourself mentally to cope with the loss, not just by knowing it could happen, but by knowing that after it happens, you are going to continue to live, and that the loss of anything, 
no matter how dear, cannot prevent you from being a whole, complete, and useful person unless you allow it to. Thanks for listening to this episode of Practical Stoicism. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have a request for a future episode, a topic of discussion, for example, please send it to tanner at tannerhelps.com. And if you haven't yet, please leave Practical Stoicism a written review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That sort of thing helps others to feel that pressing play for the first time might very well be worth it to them. Thanks again for listening and take care. Thank you.